good morning. Welcome to City Legal. Uh, my name's Peter Wrench, and uh, whether you're joining us online because you're working from home or you're physically meeting uh, in a cafe, uh, we want to stand with you in this difficult time. Uh, City Legal is a community that exists to consider the, the bigger questions of life, and then we, we do that by looking at the Bible together. Uh, if this is your first time with us this morning, a special welcome to you. Uh, and the format is a brief talk followed by a Q&A, and we should have it on, uh, you on your way back to court or perhaps back to the kitchen by about 20 past eight. Uh, now, you can ask questions at any time by uh, going to the chat function at the base of your Zoom screen, and you can just uh, ask a question privately or to the speaker, and um, we'll get that. Um, it is good to be with you. It's good to be with the guys here in, in silks. The privilege, what we call in the Bible, the elect, uh, it's, it's, it's great actually to be back in a physical presence. I know that you and your home, you're in a physical presence and it's, that's fantastic. But for me, I, I hate Zoom, so it's nice to be able to, to actually uh, talk to people. I hope you will interact. I hope you will ask questions. Um, we are going to look at something that in the time that I've got is virtually impossible. I think I uh, gave one part of this talk that lasted 90 minutes, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, I, we're going to look at the whole question of God and the devil and evil. And we're going to go to the book of Job. And uh, last week we introduced the book. And this week we come to the, the scene where Satan appears before God and accuses Job. And as a result, there's a test given in terms of Job. So he finds that his uh, children, we end up with his children all being killed, his property all being taken away. Uh, and we end up with just disaster after disaster. And this is where we come in in Job chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 1 to 10. On another day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them to present himself before them. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming throughout the earth, going to and fro on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity, although you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. Skin for skin, Satan replied. By the way, one of the things about Job that you'll notice is that uh, there are numerous phrases in it that have come into the English language as proverbs. So by the skin of your teeth, for example. And this one, skin for skin. But now, says Satan, stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he'll surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well. Then he is in your hands, but you must spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful souls, sores from the sole of his feet to the crown of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, you're talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. Okay. Um, I'm going to, for those of you who are uh, in the cafe, uh, I'm going to shoot through this bullet point, the same for you, those of you who are online. And um, if it doesn't raise questions in your mind, then uh, I would suggest you're probably still asleep. And if it does raise questions in your mind and you're not able to express those questions, I would suggest that if your career is in the legal profession, you should probably seek another one. But let's, let's look at some of these. 
you know, where do bad things come from? Why are there, as a child, we will say, why are there jaggy things? Where does evil come from? I've just uh, read this week of yet another famous Christian, famous in that none of you will ever have heard of him. He's a leader of a, 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 a rock band, a Christian rock band, who's renounced his faith, and he's given the, the classic reason, well, what about evil? Well, if he's been a Christian writing Christian songs for 20 years, I don't understand why he's only facing up to that question now. But it's a fairly common question. So I'm going to look at this with, sorry, this is force of habit, three things, thinking about God, thinking about uh, Satan, and thinking about Job's response. Now, Job clearly thought that the trouble was coming from God. Verse 10, that's what he says. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? That is very important. Uh, there's a theologian, N.T. Wright, who recently argued about coronavirus that God just laments that, that this was, in a sense, out of God's control. God just looks and weeps. But Job doesn't think that. Job thinks, well, this is trouble that's come from God. Amos 3.6, when disaster comes to a city, has not the Lord caused it? Isaiah 45, verse 7, I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. And John 1, 3, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. But the question then is, does, is evil created in the same way that good is created? Um, I'm going to stop here for a moment and just ask the guys who are on the take, is the camera working? Because I've lost the screen. Oh, that's okay. Good. Um, I'm, I'm actually very, very happy not to be able to see myself. So that's fine. Don't worry. And I'm even happier if other people can't see me. But, um, I've got a great face for radio. Uh, but God, see, people say, well, God permits things. Now, I find that a little bit unsatisfactory. I don't think it's sufficient. Um, if a general, you, they say that because it's like letting God off the hook, but if a general gives permission for a soldier to kill, the general is also responsible. So the problem is stated in the book of Job, and the whole book answers this, so you'll forgive me if I can't answer it in the space of the few minutes that we've got. The problem, as stated in the book, is that God is good, Job is innocent, yet calamities come from God. So how is that just? It's again as though in the legal system, you punish somebody for something they didn't do. Well, how do we explain this? We know from the Bible this, God is supreme. We know that God is control. We know that God acts. We also know that it's a mistake to say that there is a war between two equal deities. But we also know there are powers that influence events. The universe is not mechanical, but relational. There is no yes or no answer to the question of God creating evil. It's not as simple as that. Um, I do particularly like the explanation of Augustine. It's a bit heavy for this time in the morning. But the idea that um, evil is not a created thing. It's the absence of good. It's the absence of something which God has permitted. Um, I, I'm, I'm sorry for the note form of this, but there are five things five views of the universe that, that, that I think we can have. One is the fatalistic view of a mechanistic God, what C.S. Lewis calls a cosmic sadist, the God, the SimCity God, the God who's playing us all like a computer game. Clearly, that's not biblical. Another is a fatalistic view of a mechanistic universe, which is the fundamentalist atheist point of view. It's the Richard Dawkins point of view. Everything is genetically predetermined. So again, from a legal perspective, if someone comes into court and says, well, yes, I did rape that person, but it was my genes that made me do it. You cannot blame me. There's no argument against that from a logical perspective. 
obviously that's a pretty horrendous view as well. The third view is chaos theory where no one is in control and all is emptiness. And I find that profoundly disturbing. Um, the fourth view is what we call dualism. It's the yin and yang. It's the good and evil. It's, it's the view of Hinduism. It's the view of Buddhism. It, it's largely the Eastern view and increasingly the Western view. And then there's what I would call the relational view, which I think is the biblical one, whereby in order to see the light, darkness is permitted. So I think Job is right about God. I think that uh, Job sees God's hand even in his troubles. Now, he doesn't know why, and he argues about why. Um, there's a wonderful catechism in the Christian church, the Heidelberg Catechism, um, which says this, health and sickness, yea, all things come not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. And then question 28 says this, what does it profit us to know that God has created and by his providence still upholds all things? And I think this is great for our current situation, that we may be patient in adversity, thankful in prosperity, and with a view to the future may have a good confidence in our faithful God and Father that no creature shall separate us from his love, since all creatures are so in his hand that without his will they cannot move. Now, one of the practical implications of that is our current situation. I do not believe that COVID-19 is out with the control of God. I don't believe personally that God sent COVID-19 as a judgment for specific sins of particular nations, but I don't believe that it is out with the control of God. Now, speaking of which, let's come on to the devil. Um, again, lots of difficult questions. One of the angels who comes to present himself before God is the Satan. It's interesting, in the original text, it's never Satan. It's always the Satan, the Satan. Um, the same word is used in First Chronicles 21 and Zechariah chapter 3, if you know your Bibles. Um, now, what the Bible teaches is this. There are evil powers in the universe which are opposed to God. They are active. They are active. There is a devil. Again, I don't have time to go into all the details, but Satan is a fallen angel. He's described as the destroyer, the deceiver, the liar, the murderer, the prince of the power of the air, the god of this age, a roaring lion, and a thief. And what is important for us to know is that he is totally committed to the destruction of God's people. Now, he comes and issues a challenge. The term Satan means the accuser. He is the wanderer. I've wandered around it speaks of alienation and aimlessness and anxiety. He's the cynic. Chapter 1 and verse 9, yeah, right, is basically what he's saying. Cynicism, by the way, for those of you who pride yourselves in being cynical, uh, let me tell you this, you're of the devil. Because cynicism is, the, is, is of the essence of, of, of Satan. He's the tormentor. Verse 2, verse 9, uh, verse 2 and verse 4 as well. Stretch out your hand. Chapter 2, verse 5, uh, Stretch out your hand, strike his flesh and bones. What he's saying is, take away the hedge. Take away the hedge. Uh, goodness cannot survive in a world of pain. That's what he's saying. Now, when I became a Christian, there was a, uh, a teenage girl who was hugely influential in my becoming a Christian. And one of my friends said to me, yeah, David, she's influenced you, but she lives a really comfortable life. If bad stuff starts happening to her, let's see what happens. Well, within a year, some pretty horrible things happened. 
and within a year she'd renounced her faith. And I don't suppose in my life there's been anything that shook my faith more than that. Well, in psychological terms, and some of you who profess to be Christians, this may be true of you, there is what's called extrinsic religion. In other words, I'm only in it for what I can get out of it. And if I don't get anything out of it, if I see it's no longer benefiting for me, I'm out. That's what Satan is accusing Job of. He's saying he only believes in you he only trusts you because of all the great blessings that you have given to him. And there's a great question for those of us who are Christians. You're supposed to ask me questions. I'm asking you one. Why do we serve God? There's a kind of religion. In fact, most religion is like this. And there's a kind of Christianity. And sometimes even those who profess to be evangelical Christians fall into it. And it's just simply this. I'm going to do this, God, and you're going to give me a blessing. So um, I kind of say to those of you who are in silks, and you're not sitting in your pajamas at home, um, you may, I'm sure you don't think like this, you may think, I got up at six o'clock in the morning. I'm at a religious meeting at seven o'clock in the morning. God's going to give me a successful day. He owes me big time. He owes you nothing. But that's the attitude that some people have in terms of religion. Satan's challenges, Satan is limited. Notice he has to go to God to get permission. God and the devil are not equal and opposites. In Job 38, uh, God says, I say to the sea, you go this far and no further. And Satan is on a chain. Um, everything he has is in your hands. The hands, again, he's in your hands. But we notice also that though he's limited, he is powerful. He uses slander and lies. He uses family and friends. He tried to get Peter, who just made the greatest confession of all, about Jesus Christ, he tried to get Peter to get Christ not going to the cross. That's why Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. It's not that Peter was Satan, but he was being used by Satan. Satan is deceitful. He imitates God. For the rest of the book, Job imagines that his attacker is God. Remember, Job does not know what's going on here. Satan comes as an angel of light. We do not read of the Satan again in this book. He's not mentioned again. He's evil. He's pure evil. We do not know, we cannot conceive of what pure evil is like. But some of you in your work as lawyers will come across something that you can only describe as pure evil. Uh, in my limited experience, I've seen things that are just unbelievably horrendous. Um, we kind of magnify evil in a lot of our films, but it's not to be magnified. In chapter 2, verse 4, he suggests that Job really only cares about himself, and therefore to lose possessions or people is not really touching him. And again, there are people who are like that. They're so self-obsessed that you take away the people around them. It doesn't really matter, but you harm them themselves. So what happens now? There's a challenge, verse 8, that is given uh, to God in, in chapter 1. And there's a battle that goes on. And now we come to Job. And let me just summarize some things about Job. There's a war between good and evil. And it's experienced by a human being. And what an experience. At the beginning of the week, the time when Job would have been making sacrifices, there's the, his animals are taken away. His servants are killed. Um, his sheep are hit by lightning. Storms swept in. Um, he loses his family, and then the, the skin for skin. He sores that he sits. We read later that he sits outside the city gate, and he scrapes his sores. 
And in the rest of the book, we discover this. We discover that his suffering includes loss of weight, fever, nightmares, sleeplessness, elephantitis, aching, rotten bones, depression, putrid breath, failing vision. In chapter 2, verse 12, we're told he looked awful. He looked dreadful. That they, 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 when, people, when his friends saw him, they just burst into tears. Um, I have a... Uh, I've mentioned before that I was in hospital really ill, and I I don't know this. I've just been told this by people. But when I was ill um, and in a kind of coma and in and out of it, uh, there was a lot of blood. And two friends came in, and they told me afterwards, two fellow ministers, and they told me that uh, when they came in, they, they, they they were almost physically sick because my eyes were just pure red. Not red veins, but just pure red. It was like something out of a, a horror movie. And that's what Job was like. He looked awful. Now, Job is not aware of the heavenly court, but we are. But notice his great faith. And I think that is the uh, uh, astonishing part of it. Um, in, back in chapter 1, he says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. It's extraordinary. He prayed that things would not happen, but they did. He does not blame natural events nor does he forget God's blessing, nor does he close his eyes to reality. But in chapter 2, verse 10, when he says, accept God, this is not stoicism. This is not saying, hey, whatever will be, will be. It's not grin and bear it. But he's saying, whatever happens, we must continue to love and to trust God. Now, in all this that happened, Satan was wrong. Job still worship and praise. I can't remember who said this. I'm pretty sure it's a Puritan because it sounds like a Puritan. But a man may stand before God stripped of everything that life has given him and still lack nothing. That's an incredible place to be. And again, in this time of COVID crisis, when many things that people have relied on for happiness and satisfaction have been taken away, maybe those of us who are Christians need to think about that. We also need to recognize we're in a great warfare. Ephesians chapter 6, our warfare is not against flesh and blood. Maybe just the final thing I'll say is this. Job is patient. He cited as such James 5.11. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance or Job's patience and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Lamentations 3. Though he brings grief, though God brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love, for he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to the children of men. Job understands. He understands that everything in his life comes from God, that they were not his right. We, we talk a lot about our right, but he recognizes that. Even life, he doesn't see as a right. He recognizes it as a gift from God. So I think I'll leave it there, and I think I'll ask you, uh, if you've got any questions, please put them in. Uh, Peter's going to shoot them out to me. Or- yeah. So I think, um, yeah, I can do these questions. And then what we'll do is if you've got any that will come online, put your hand up, Peter, and I'll, we'll do them alternately, okay? Uh, your adversary, the devil, prowls around. How does it fit in perfectly? Because this is exactly what's happening. This is the roaring lion seeking to attack God's people. But I think where it fits in is like Peter saying to, who knew this, being told by Jesus, Satan has desired to have you, but I have prayed for you. And so there are limits to what Satan can do. Um, if we reject God because evil exists, then what is the alternative? 
<laughs> well, it, the, the statement itself, I'm rejecting God because evil exists, is, is, is quite illogical. And I'll tell you why. Because let's move God out of the equation. Does evil still exist? Well, yes, it does. So what are you going to do? Reject the concept of good? Um, you know, it just, to me, logically, it doesn't make sense. And I think the only alternative is the chaotic universe, where good and evil make no sense. That, that's all I'm saying. But for me, I start with the premise that evil exists, and therefore, uh, therefore God exists. I mean, that's how I'd put it. Uh, does God suffer with us? Uh, well, no, at one level. At another level, you could argue yes. The one level no is we, we, we believe that God is impassable. In other words, he's, he's not afflicted in that way that we would be. However, uh, Christ came as a human being and he suffered, and he suffered pains that we, can, we, we cannot even uh, imagine. Uh, I think... Is God distressed, if you like? Uh, we're using, in sense, human language for God. Uh, at evil, yes, I think so. Does God carry us? Does he comfort us? Does he guide us? Does he help us? Yes. The book of Job has been described as a bet between God and Satan, and therefore cruel. Uh, a loving bet in the pub, as someone put it. How do we respond? Well, it's not true. It's not a bet. Um, uh, God is not saying, well, come on, let's take a chance on this one. And let's see who wins, you or me. God is in control of this. He knows. And he's saying to Satan, this is my servant who, you know, I love him. And it's ironic because I think uh, Job is uh, a precursor in one sense of Christ. Because Job was a sinner and he got things wrong. But there's so much about Job that we see in Christ. But it's definitely not a bit. All right. Another one. Thank you. Uh, in all, is all of this going to be something by revelation 21 4 he jesus will wipe away every tear yeah i think uh, um all of you of course are lord of the rings aficionados and uh you will know that in lord of the rings that um i think it's at the end gandalf says i think it may be to frodo or to sam the no it's, it's it's to sam and if you don't know what i'm talking about i'm sorry i'm i didn't realize i was speaking to such uncultured people <laughs> uh, to Sam, he says this. Sam says, is everything in the end going to be all right? And what's going to happen in the end? And if I remember rightly, Gandalf says that there will come a time when he will turn everything bad into something that is good. In other words, justice will be completely done, and we will rejoice in God's justice. And I think, yes, there is a reward for the Lord's people. Um, use the word permitted in terms of darkness is permitted by God. Isn't that a bit soft given that uh, God elsewhere says creates that disaster? Well, that's what I said at the beginning. So uh, I agree with you um, completely. Uh, I, I agree with that. I think, but, but I think permission, that there are different kinds of, of permission as well. So what I would say is this. If I was to go out from here, and I'm not going to do this, if I was to go out from here and to walk up to someone and stab them and say, well, God made me do it, that's just wrong. Um, I remember <laughs> uh, two boys were mucking around, and their dad told them not to kick a ball. This is outside a manse in Scotland. They were twin brothers, and they went out, and they kicked around the ball, and they smashed a window. And dad came in, and this was in the old days, so don't sue right now. It's a long time ago. 
they, um, he, he got his belt out and he was going to belt them. And just before he belted, there's two things that happened. One of the boys said, Dad, don't you think we should pray about this first? And the other said, the devil made me do it, uh, which is uh, the, the great excuse. Um, James Hogg's Confessions of a Justified Sinner is a very cynical attempt to use this idea of God being sovereign and therefore being responsible for an individual evil. And I don't think, uh, in fact, I know that the Bible does not teach that. Is it helpful or unhelpful for Christians to reflect on the existence and nature of sin? Absolutely. Uh, not all the time and not to be obsessed by it. There are people who get obsessed and I'm not arguing that. But if you are not aware of the devil and you're not aware of personal evil, uh, is it C.S. Lewis again says two things, says a great thing about the devil. He says he plays two great tricks. One is he gets people to be obsessed with him and the other is he gets people to completely ignore him. And I think though that's a very helpful insight. Is it better to focus on Christ and ignore Satan? You can't focus on Christ and ignore Satan because Christ came to defeat Satan. So are you just going to say, sorry, Lord, that doesn't interest me, what you're trying to do? Uh, no. Uh, from Brisbane. Hi, people up in Brisbane. Absolutely gorgeous city. And if your dictator, sorry, premier, opens up the borders again, uh, I'll be very, very happy to, to come up and, and see you once it's permitted. Apparently, I'm going to be allowed to visit North Korea before I can visit Brisbane or Victoria. Sorry. Um, can God both grieve evil and permit it at the same time? Uh, yes, I think so. I, I think that um, it's like your children. You know, I remember once my son, uh, in fact, it was his 18th birthday, and he asked if I could get him a ticket to a, a, a weekend rock concert down in Donington Castle. In, in, and I said, no way. There's no way you're going to that. And he came and he gave the one argument that would convince me. It was just the one, it was only one argument. I didn't know it, but he made it. He was very smart. He said, Dad, one day you're going to have to trust me. And he was right. And I did. We bought him the ticket. He went away for the weekend. I asked him about it afterwards, how it went and so on. No, he didn't do the drugs and all the rest of it that went along with it. It was a great experience. I don't think he ever went again. But I, there's one way I could prevent my, my children taking drugs or doing anything wrong or being knocked over by a bus, and that's to lock them in their room forever. It's a little bit like this environment that we're in at the moment where people say, I'm not going to get COVID, so I'm going to lock myself in a plastic bubble, never, ever going to go out and meet anyone again. So then I won't get it. Yeah, but you won't have a life. And I think that's a similar kind of, of argument that God permits us to do things within an environment in which bad things can happen, in, but, but he, he takes those things and turns them ultimately into good do you have any more that's come online? That's it. Okay. Um, thank you so much for uh, listening. I'm sorry that that's been so bullet. I realize that there are a huge amount of issues within that. There are plenty good books and sermons on Job. Uh, I do want to mention one in particular. There's a guy called Christopher Ash and his commentary on Job. And you think, a commentary? Nah, please read it. It is an absolutely brilliant book. And uh, I'd highly recommend that. If you've got any further questions, feel free to email. Um, I can't remember what my, my City Bible Forum email is, but I know the Weefle, uh, T-H-E-E-W-E-E-F-L-E-A at gmail.com. Feel free to do that. Um, feel free to listen in uh, next week as well. Feel free to join us uh, uh, virtually. Uh, why not get some friends around, maximum 10, 
and have a, have a breakfast and, and watch in on this, and then you can discuss it amongst yourselves as well. But God bless you, and thanks for being with us.